Easter, the most important of all the holy days, of all of the celebrations as Christians that we have, none holds a candle to the celebration of Easter as the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. May I say to you that this is by far the most important fundamental of our faith because if Jesus Christ be not risen from the dead, we are of all people most miserable this morning. We affirm the fact that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. We affirm the fact that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. We affirm the fundamental truth and fact that Jesus lived a sinless life. We affirm the fundamental fact that Jesus died a substitutionary death on the cross. We also firmly affirm the fundamental truth that Jesus is one day going to come again. But I tell you, if Jesus Christ has not risen from the dead, all of these things fade into unimportance. It makes no difference whether he was born of a virgin or not. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, it makes no difference that his life was sinless. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, his death means absolutely nothing. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the heart of the Christian faith in that it gives life. Our scripture passage this morning says it this way. In 1 Corinthians, Corinthians, as Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, in verse 3 through 10 of chapter 15, or 3 through 20 of chapter 15, this is what the scripture says. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, that he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until this present time, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me has not, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, 
then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he has raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruit of them that slept. You see, Easter is more than just a Christian holiday. It's more than colored eggs and Easter bunnies. It is about the resurrection of the Son of God from the dead. After having gone through the anguishing death on the cross, becoming our sins and dying for every man, woman, boy, or girl who has ever lived and who will ever live. He died for every person in this room and was buried in a grave. But I want to declare to you this morning, he is no longer in that grave. But after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, he came forth from the grave, the resurrected living Lord. And we have gathered in this place today not to mourn a perished Lord, not to mourn a dead God. We've come here to celebrate a living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is alive. He lives today. And he wants to live in your life. He is alive today and wants you to live forever with him. But you see, not everybody's going to live forever. We, we think because we're Americans that Christianity or being a Christian or having eternal life is synonymous with being an American citizen. I'm telling you, most Americans are going to hell. Matter of fact, Jesus said most folks, most folks of any, any country, any race are going to hell because they have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said the way that leads to hell is broad, and most folks enter that way. But the way that leads to heaven is narrow, and Jesus himself said, few enter therein. And the fundamental that you must grasp this morning is that the resurrection of Jesus is a fundamental truth of the gospel that must be embraced, it must be taught, it must be reverenced, it must be believed day in and day out. We walk in the reality of his resurrection. We are forgiven according to what just the Apostle Paul just said to us. We live today and are forgiven because of the reality that he is raised from the dead. He said, if Christ be not raised, then we are of all people the most miserable on the face of the earth to be holding on to something that isn't true. But I declare to you, it is truth. It is absolutely truth. It is absolutely so. It is affirmed by those who have come before us. It is affirmed by the word of God. It is affirmed by the Lord Jesus himself. 
and it is affirmed from every believer who's ever trusted in the resurrected Christ. The songwriter had it right. He lives, he lives. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Boy, that should have been a resounding amen. Does he live in your heart this morning, or did you just come to go through Easter service? Is he alive in you, or are you just going through the motions today? You see, he lives in a Christian's heart. He's alive in you. He wants to function in your life. He wants to lead you. He wants to bless you. He wants to be the Lord of your life because he is a resurrected Lord who lives forever, and he wants to give you the power over everything in this world and give you the victorious Christian life. Why? Because he is alive, and he'll give that to you. You see, Easter is more than a religious holiday. It is the very center of Christianity. For without the resurrection, we have nothing. I want to focus on three different facts this morning, and I'll do it quickly. Please listen quickly, but listen closely. Ask right now. Would you just say this right now? Just don't say it out loud, or you can if you want to. Lord God, speak to my heart. Lord God, have your way in my life. Let me see truth today as I hear the truth. Help me believe truth and help me to profess believing the truth. The resurrection, first of all, is historical fact. The empty tomb is a fact of history. First of all, Jesus was dead. I mean dead. You would think that goes without saying, but it doesn't. Many even today say, well, he wasn't really dead. He just got up in the middle of the night and, and got out of there as he came to himself. He had just passed out. Let me tell you what, he was dead. The gospels say that jo Joseph of Arimathea asked for the body so he could bury it. Pilate was amazed that Jesus was dead already, so he sent soldiers to make sure that Jesus was dead, and they pierced his side with a spear to make sure he was dead. He was placed in the tomb, which was closed with a huge, heavy stone. The Bible says that when Jesus was placed in the tomb, Pilate ordered the tomb seal. A guard was placed there at the tomb, it was not just one man. It was not just two men. It was not just three men. But a Roman guard generally consisted of 12 highly trained soldiers. These exceptionally disciplined men were assigned the task to guard the tomb of Jesus. And they did so for the next three days and nights. Another theory says that the women who went to anoint the body of Jesus went to the wrong tomb but the scripture says that they were present when Jesus was placed in the tomb and when the Roman uh, guard had, and the seal were applied and there was no mistake about where the tomb was and which one belonged to Jesus yet another theory says that the Jewish leaders took the body in the middle of the night to keep the disciples from stealing it and claiming that he was alive again but let me tell you, when the church started to preach and started to teach that he was resurrected from the dead, when the believers and those disciples began to spread the word, he is alive, we have seen them. Don't you think those 
Romans would have presented or the Jews would have presented that body of Christ? No, he's alive. They say, well, it's something they just got together and decided they were going to say he was alive, but they don't really know that. Let me tell you what, he met with them, as we read in our scripture passage earlier in the first of the service. They know he was alive. He came and saw them. He even told doubting Thomas, Thomas, come here and put your finger in the scars of my hand. Come here, thrust your hand into my side where the spear went into me. And what was Thomas' response? It doesn't even say that he ever touched Jesus. It says he fell down and said, my Lord and my God. He knew who Jesus was. And as the church began to profess that, and there was all kinds of persecution taking place, and many of them were put to death, and some of the Christians were even burned as torches in the courtyard. Well, don't you know that these disciples even, when they were with Jesus, they were afraid and, and, and denied him and would not even acknowledge that they were one of his during the time of his trial. Didn't most of them didn't show up at the cross. They're hiding away. They're scared to death. They're hiding away in an upper room. Didn't want to be seen out in public lest they be taken to and put in prison or put to death. When the persecution started, if it had been built and fabricated on a lie that he was resurrected from the dead, don't you think that it said, oh, well, let's turn from this. Let's forget about this. But let me tell you, for over 2,000 years now, believers have professed not just the ones who saw him alive and were there after the resurrection, and they communed with him, and they ate with him, and they were there with him during those days. I'm telling you, the church has never ceased to declare Jesus is alive. And I'm telling you, every person who has put their faith in the truth of the gospel, in what he's done for the, on the cross, and that he's raised from the dead and he lives today, and he asks for an entrance into their life, and they invite him to come into their life to be their Lord and Savior, they'll give testimony, won't you? He is alive, is he? He is alive. That could not be so. Secondly, the resurrection is a theological fact i want you to focus focus on here is found in verse in verse 17 and if christ be not raised your faith is in vain and you are still in your sins oh if christ be not raised then we're still in our sins. That means if Christ be not raised, there's no forgiveness. You see. It means if Christ be not raised, there is no power over sin. If Christ be not raised, there is no victory over the penalty of sin, of death and eternal separation from a holy God. But he is you see, the whole of Christianity rests on the resurrection. Without the resurrection, we have an empty, useless faith in nobody. Without the resurrection, there is no hope of eternity. And eternity is what Christianity is all about. Living forever in heaven 
living this life and knowing when it's over, we'll enter into the presence of God in a heaven because he's promised that to us. And knowing that Jesus is one day coming back again and those that are dead in Christ will be raised from the grave and those that are still alive believing in Christ will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. The resurrection is everything to our faith. It is a fact. Jesus died and rose again to provide a place in heaven. Without the resurrection, we have no heaven. And all of our scripture is useless. You might as well throw it away and live like you want to. But the resurrection provides hope, hope for this life and hope for eternity. The last thing I want to say to you this morning is the resurrection is a personal fact. Listen to what Paul says in verses 19 and 20. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that slept. You see, he has the power of resurrection because he is the resurrection. That's exactly what he told Martha. She said, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He says, oh, he'll live. She says, yeah, one day at the resurrection. He says, oh, no, ma'am, you got it wrong. I am the resurrection. See, Jesus is the resurrection for us. He is the hope for us. For Christ has been raised and gives me hope. It goes beyond being a theological teaching. It goes far beyond being a historical fact. It is at the very heart of our faith this morning. I have entered into a reality of his resurrected life. I'm thankful for that. The songwriter says, you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And you see, it is a personal fact for many of us this morning. We've experienced the resurrection of Jesus in our own lives. By faith, we believe, and he has given us assurance. Almost everyone here this morning has experienced the death of a Christian loved one. Some of you, many, after many years of marriage, have walked that undesirable journey. You know what I'm talking about to that cemetery for the internment of your precious spouse. Some of you, a parent or a grandparent, yet others, a child or a grandchild. But you've been able to press on in this life. Why? Because of the promise given to us by Jesus himself that he is coming again and there's going to be a final victory over the grave and all who are saved will be caught up together with those loved ones to meet the Lord in the air and I believe that very soon there will be the sound of the trump of God and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ will rise first and the Christians who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air For I believe that very soon 
our resurrected Lord will descend from heaven and call the church home to be with him. The resurrection himself, not just the resurrected Lord, but he is the resurrection. Himself is coming to gather all the saved of every generation. If that were not true, we would be of most be most miserable of anybody on the face of the earth. But Bill and Gloria Gaithard reminds us, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, that life is worth the living just because he lives. Our hope this morning isn't built on some empty promises of a dead religious man. It's built on the glorious fact of the resurrection of the Son of God. The resurrection gives us the ability to say that death has been swallowed up in victory. When Jesus was put in that old tomb, the religious leaders of that day and the Romans thought that it was all over with. We finally got rid of that troublemaker, they thought and said, and not going to have to deal with that anymore. And even the disciples thought it was over, and they're hiding away. But thank God that's not true by long shot. He is alive. He is alive. He is risen. Let's try it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. I've spent some time this morning talking about the fact of the resurrection. You have the facts. But it's one thing to know something and another thing to do something about it. Wow. The question of the moment and for eternity is what will you do with what you know about Jesus? What will you do with the truth that's been presented this morning of the one who gave himself on the cross and is resurrected and lives today? The book of Romans says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Where? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. You can claim the gift Christ offered you this morning. It's as simple as A, B, C. A, admit you're a sinner. Admit that you can't be good. Admit that you've fallen short of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his purity, sinlessness, his holiness, and his righteousness. Admit you're in need of forgiveness. B, believe. Simply believe the truth that's given in God's word. Not just because I said it, but I've said things based on what I read to you out of God's word. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that he lived a sinless life 
after being born of the Virgin Mary, the Son of God himself, believed that he was crucified, innocent as he was, put to an open shame, a death on the cross. Believed that they took his body after it's dead down off the cross and placed it in a borrowed tomb. Borrowed because he only needed it three days. Placed in a borrowed tomb. And confess that you believe that Jesus the Christ, who died for your sins, rose again and lived this very morning. Confess him. Asking him to forgive you of your sins and to give you eternal life promise of heaven. The Bible says if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And all who are saved have eternal life. All who are saved are forgiven of every sin. All who are saved have a home in heaven, all who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why not come to Jesus right now? You may be here this morning simply because a friend or a family member asked you to come. After all, it is Easter Sunday. Everybody goes to church on Easter Sunday. That's not the question. Should you be in church on Easter Sunday? Absolutely. You've made the right choice, regardless of what circumstances caused you to make that choice. You've made the right choice. But doing one thing right doesn't erase all of the sins. The only thing that will erase the sin in your life is to trust in the finished work of Jesus in his death and his resurrection that you can have forgiveness and have everlasting life. Because he paid for your sins, because he lives, you can live. Why don't you make that commitment this morning? We're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. I'm going to be standing right down here. I'll come on down there. I'm going to be standing right down here. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not one of these preachers that run up and down, runs up and down the aisle. I'm not going to come grab you and say, I don't think you're saved. You need to come to me. I'd scare you right into hell, probably. I'm not one of those kind of guys. If you know me, you'd have to say, he's not mean. There's not a mean bone in my body. Unless I get dog bitten. I'm kind. I want to be gentle. I want to be sweet. And I want you to know there's nothing to fear about coming and talking to me for a minute, and taking my hand and letting me lead you in a time of committing your life to Jesus. Nothing hard about it. A little difficult for the flesh to come to the point where you're willing to trust in what Jesus has done for you. But I'm going to be standing here. And when you come forward, I'm going to ask you, do you come because you want Jesus to live in your life and to forgive you and be your Savior?
And when you affirm, yes, sir, that's why I've come, then I will ask you, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That he died on the cross for your sins? Yes, sir. Do you understand that we've all sinned? You're a sinner in need of God's forgiveness? Yes, sir. Are you willing to turn from your sins and embrace Jesus as the Lord of your life? Yes, sir. Well, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have sinned. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. We'll repeat that. I ask you right now, as I turn from my sinful nature and ask you to be my Lord and Savior, Come into my life and live in me. Forgive me and give me everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Then I'll rejoice with you. And I'll have you sit right here on the front pew. I won't make you, make you stand up here and face the folks. I'll let you sit right there. And we'll talk another time about what you need to do in following that up. I just want you to make that commitment to Jesus this morning. Would you do it? Father, have your way. You've spoken to hearts. You've spoken the truth through your messenger. Lord, have your way. Draw men and women, boys and girls, to Jesus. Draw them to him that they might be gloriously saved this very morning. In Jesus' name, amen.